Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Lashing Out Podcast on the Nittany Sports Now Network. He's Kevin Quigley. I'm Jared Prugar. Kevin, I don't know if you saw much of the game on Saturday, but what I saw was a lot of scoring and from everybody, and it was in droves. It was. It was early. It was often. And, man, that was a lot of fun. That Penn State backfield is it's got to be one of the best in the country. Oh, it's absolutely. And it's a two headed monster with Katron Allen and Nick Singleton. And they've, they've already tied the rushing record for touchdowns uh, by freshmen at eight apiece. So when you have that type of balance uh, in your backfield, that's incredible. And I think that's going, it's, Paid off huge dividends the last few weeks, especially against Indiana. But, but I'll tell you what. It also goes on the flip side. Indiana did a great or didn't do a great job, but Penn State's defense was absolutely incredible. It was. Uh, they gave up that early eight play seventy five yard r- drive. I think I texted you like, "Oh boy, this could, this could be a doozy." And then for the rest of the half, I believe they had negative four yards after that play. I mean, it was three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out. You know, a couple turnovers in there. But, yeah, their last six drives of the first half was five punts, one first down, and a grand total of minus four yards. Like, I don't think I've seen a more dominant defensive performance than that right there and really they didn't give up another first down until the backups were in on defense if yeah, the starters the, right no that's a great point right you know you're the starters were dominant and it's indiana right but we have to give credit where it's due they did exactly their part and what was what needed to be done so manny diaz outside of one game really has had an, an incredible season and that one game was michigan where not quite sure what they were doing uh, defensively, but again, complimentary football. But let's be real, Kevin. Penn State is seven and two. They've got what looks to be a New Year six game lined up, but people still aren't satisfied. Why? I don't know why, man. I am one hundred percent satisfied with the season to this point. Yeah, Michigan. Late, you laid an egg against Michigan. You know, that's Manny Diaz's first game. It's the first time he really got challenged. It's the first time that defense got challenged. It's young. The whole team's really young. We covered it a couple weeks ago. Like, our best players are probably in this freshman class right now. And now here we are, nine games in. It's This team is dominant. There's not too many teams in this country that they can't beat. Obviously, they didn't beat Ohio State. Obviously, they didn't beat Michigan. But Clemson... They got to beat them. TCU, they can probably beat them. Oregon, I mean, there's probably maybe five teams above them that they can't beat. And that means that there's 10 above them that they can. No, and that's a really good point. But people aren't satisfied. And it's got nothing to do really with the defense because Abdul Carter has been a stud. Chop Robinson, we're going to get to Chop Robinson here later in this podcast because he's got a homecoming this weekend, um, so to speak. But People aren't satisfied because Sean Clifford's still a quarterback, which is a blessing and a curse for Penn State. They've got a four-year guy, Sean Clifford. We talk, we're going to talk about him really essentially for the rest of the season. 
but people know that Drew Aller is just as good, if not better, even though he's a freshman. Now, one of the other issues, you know, early on, Sean Clifford did not look very good against Indiana. The wind conditions were not great, but it was a typical Sean Clifford game. Starts off sluggish, doesn't look the part, and then, bada boom, second and third quarter, whoosh, explosion, and Penn State looked good. And but so did Drew Aller, right? So and Drew Aller got some times with the one number one receivers, and we also got some time with the backups as well. And you know his his touchdown pass to Trey Wallace in the back of the end zone was absolutely phenomenal. You don't see that from a true freshman quarterback very often, but man, Drew Aller did look good in his limited reps. He did, and that that throw to Harrison Wallace you mentioned, if he didn't wear the number six and wore double digits. That throw would have been right between him. And uh, probably his best throw of the game was the throw to Liam Clifford. He mm-hmm. makes an audible. I mean, for him to see that, and then he threw that right in between two zone defenders. He didn't throw it into the first window of opportunity. He waited until the second because he knew what the route was going to do. He knew what the coverage was going to do. He's a true freshman. And he's doing that. I mean, it's Indiana defense. Penn State put up 45 points against him. Against him. But you still need that vision. You still need that. You need that awareness. You need the big brain to do that. He's got all the arm talent. Like we said, it was windy as all get out. And really, I mean, he had one mistake, if you want to put it on him, the batted ball. If if that ball didn't get batted, it's probably a house call for Indiana. But he did his one his one mistake didn't turn out to be a mistake, right? Sean Clifford's mistakes usually turn out to be mistakes and they usually are backbreakers. Drew Aller, I guess you can say it got lucky that it got batted, but the mistake didn't cost Penn State anything. Right, and for the first time, you can legitimately say Penn State has depth at the quarterback position, and not just depth, but quality depth. And speaking of quality, we're going to get into more quality analysis on Penn State football when we come back on the break after the break on the Nittany Sports Now Network in the Lashing Out podcast. Welcome back to the second segment of the Lashing Out Podcast and the Nittany Sports Now Network. He's Kevin Quigley. I'm Jared Prugar, and let's talk Maryland. Crab cakes in football, that's what Maryland is known for, according to certain movies. But right now, you know, Maryland's had a good year so far this year, which is, you know, something that they haven't had uh, in quite some time. So I'm very interested to see what happens uh, in this game, but I do think the Penn State, just like they did against Indiana, is going to handle their business. I think they're going to handle them with ease. I hesitate to say with ease because there's always that Sean Clifford element to it, but I just watched a little bit of their matchup against Indiana. I mean, they got routed. The score didn't is not indicative of a route, but it was 23-10 to 10 to Wisconsin, and they were not competitive at all in that game windy conditions, much worse conditions than what Penn State played in on Saturday. But it's a team that's really relying on the pass. Penn State's got a really good pass defense. And I think Wisconsin put up 279 yards or something like that on the ground against them. So Penn State's got a stellar, stellar offense, rush, rush attack, and Maryland's primary form of offense is the pass 
Penn State has to match up really well against them. Yeah, I like the matchup, and I think Penn State's going to pull away. The way that they're playing up front, both on the offensive line and defensive line, and just running the football, you know, it, it's just not matched right now um, with their opponents. But the matchup that I want to see is I want to see Chop Robinson, because this time last year, this is when he realized that he was leaving the, the Maryland football program. Now he's at Penn State, and he's had a great season, uh, absolutely put his name on the map and has been a welcome, welcome site for a defense that led by Manny Diaz that has been, I don't want to say the most surprising thing, but the most consistent thing all year. It has been. And I don't think Maryland's offensive line is stellar. It's probably going to be that similar to IU. And if that's the case, sorry about that. If that's the case, Chop Robinson, Adisa Isaac, all those boys on the front line are going to be having a feast on Saturday at 3.30. Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly what they need to do. And if they're able to control the run and, and really be aggressive and get in the backfield and make Talia uh, Tagovailoa um, really on his play on his heels and, and keep him out of the game, that's if he plays because um, he's been banged up this year. If they're able to kind of keep him off sync and, and off schedule, this is going to get ugly, and I think it's going to get ugly pretty quick. I agree, and his only real threat is the run game. Uh, Maryland likes to do a lot of screen passes, a lot of swing passes, try to get out in space, and I think Penn State's defense just way too fast. If Talia's health, healthy and he's scrambling a little bit, it might be like early Indiana game when um, what's-his-face was running around uh, Tuttle. You know, he kind of scrambled there for a bit, got some plays made, but I mean, it was really only one drive and then Penn State figured it out. Well, and then they probably hurt his, he hurt his shoulder in some way. So that's, it's really going to be the only threat I see is Talia is going to have to put this game on his shoulders and literally run with it. Yeah. And I, and listen, let's be real. I think Penn State athletically is the superior team. And I don't think this is going to be close, but again, this is a rivalry game, according to Maryland. We all know a couple of years ago when they did not shake hands at the half or before the game, we all know that happened and what happened after that. So this is Penn State's game to lose. And if they're able to control their destiny, like we've talked about, and like we'll talk about in the third segment, I'm very excited to see what this off, what Penn State is able to do on the field. Now, again, Penn State's got to come out ready and firing on all, all cylinders. This can't be a Northwestern game. It looks like the weather will be pretty okay, which I'm very thrilled about on Saturday. So um, it, it'll be very interesting to see how this plays out, but I do expect Penn State to win and win big. I expect them to win big too. Um, I have current line. Penn State's only favored by 10.5 with an over-under of 58 I feel like 10 and a half is an insult to this team. I mean, 20, 25 points, I feel like is going to be an easy margin of victory for this team. How about you? Uh, it should be. I, I expect something very similar to uh, to the Indiana game. So I'm going with 40 to 17. Okay, I'll mimic that. I, I think it's going to be 42 to 13. Okay, very good. We finally disagree on something, and it's just the score margin. But 
we're going to talk a little bit more about the rest of the season because the season doesn't end with Maryland uh, when we come back here on this final break on the Nittany Sports Now Network. Welcome back to the third and final segment of the Lashing Out Podcast and Nittany Sports Now Network. He's Kevin. I'm Jared. Penn State is 7-2. and two. They control their destiny as far as the regular season goes. They've got Maryland this week, 3.30 kick at Beaver Stadium. They've got Rutgers in a game that has not yet decided what time it's going to be. It's in the six-day six window. And then they've got Michigan State for the prestigious land-grant trophy at the end of the year after Thanksgiving and what should be probably a lame crowd, and deservedly so. So, 7-2. and two, I picked Penn State to be 11-2 and two with the bowl game, 10-2. and two. Um, So, we're right there. And we were pretty spot on with our predictions score-wise for this week, too. I had 49-14. I was, oh, so close. That, would, that was really impressive. I had Penn State by 40, arguably if the backups didn't play. Uh, they would have done, they would have won by 40. Instead, they won by 31. Uh, just looking ahead, if they go, if they go 10 and two, the, the games around the country that kind of messed Penn state's opportunities up would have been LSU, Alabama, um, Oregon's kind of in there. I, I don't feel like if you've lost by like 45 points or whatever it was to Georgia, I mean, you got absolutely routed. And and in the Pac-12, that you should probably be number six. I don't I don't feel like that's that's there. But I've seen a lot of predictions for them probably making the top four, and then TCU. Obviously, if they stay unbeaten, they're going to be the top four. So, yeah, we'll see what they have. Penn State's just got to do their job over the next three weeks and get to ten and two. Yeah, and that's the thing too is there's so much chaos that's going to be going on, and I'm very excited for it because. I love chaos. I absolutely love it. And the thing about it is LSU beats Alabama, right? Alabama is not in the national title picture for the first time in a long time. Um, then you've got Clemson getting absolutely spanked by Notre Dame and the fighting Irish. Um, and that, listen, I, I like that. I like that game. I liked what Notre Dame did. And that takes a lot for me to say that I like Notre Dame in a game. Uh, it really does. Are, like it, it pains me to say that, but what was also satisfying was watching all the Notre Dame fans get up their hopes and then Brian Kelly beating Alabama, which is something that he could never could do at Notre Dame. And there's a cruel sense of irony there. And it honestly sets up for what could be in Notre Dame LSU bowl game later in the season, but Penn state's got, they're in a great position because they're not going to play in a conference championship game, which is, you know, you want them to do that, but, they get to sit back and watch all this happen as they control their own business. They've got a winnable game, you know, like we like we talked about uh, in Mar- with Maryland. They've got a very winnable game with Rutgers, and they've got a winnable game against Michigan State. So if they control their their business, right now, you know, we're seeing projections anywhere from what could be the Fiesta Bowl or even, you know, the the Orange Bowl or the Gator Bowl or the Citrus Bowl. So you're seeing a bunch of different things, but they're going to be playing pretty close to New Year's Day. Personally, I hope it's I hope it's the Orange Bowl because that means that Ohio State or Michigan's in the playoff. 
and the next best team is probably in the in the road they're playing in the Rose Bowl or another top tier bowl game. And then Penn State gets to play there. Um, I would love a Miami trip, um, you know, the end of December. I think that would be a great thing. Yeah, if you if we're in Miami, come pick me up off ninety five. Um Yeah, but I'm gonna be flying, let's be real. Okay. We can fly from Richmond. Uh quick two hour jump. Yeah, and honestly, I don't really see even the loser of Ohio State, Michigan, not getting in. If any of the Pac-12 teams lose, like if Oregon loses again, if TCU loses, I don't see a one-loss Ohio State or Michigan team. Probably not a one-loss Michigan team missing out. Ohio State's kind of, eh, you know what I mean? They they didn't look stellar this week. Penn State really gave them a run for their money. It's a good Penn State team, but they gave them a good run for their money. I don't see a 10-1 and Michigan team with a close loss to Ohio State really missing out on the playoff. And then if that's the case, you have two Big Ten teams in. Would they go to the Would Penn State go to the Rose Bowl with two teams they, in the play, playoff? They, they would go to the Rose Bowl, yeah. So that's an LA trip in January, which sounds way more expensive. Um, but even if then, even far if less tropical, but I'll take it. It is. So even so, even if they make the Citrus Bowl, it's the highest paying bowl, not this college football playoff. So look at it for a money perspective. Citrus Bowl sounds pretty good. Yeah, and so Penn State's in a great in a great position moving forward. We'll see what happens against Maryland at three thirty on uh, on Saturday. So for Kevin Quigley, I'm Jared Prugar. This has been the Lashing Out Podcast on the Nittany Sports Now Network.